Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anivision podcast. This is the 2022 awards special where we are going to be talking about our favorite things um, from 2022 and even kind of looking ahead a little bit into 2023 when we wrap something up. Uh, but I am Steve and I am joined with Armo. What's up? And Jero. Happy New Year. Yep, it is. We are officially recording on New Year's Day. Uh, it's uh, January 1st, so we're really, really into the new year. So uh, we've had a lot to go for. Um, but we're going to start us off. We're going to break it down into anime category, uh, the game category. And then we're going to have a special and best of 2023. Kind of, again, looking forward to. So four different categories. Um, just so you know, if you're new here or you haven't heard this before, uh, traditionally we do our top series um, at the end. And before that, we kind of hit some kind of, I guess, more random, somewhat jokey, maybe even categories that kind of like hit off. So instead of doing like, you know, best anime protagonist, you know, each of us kind of pick a category. And then uh, we we then kind of give our picks for that category. This is all opinion based. So if you're like, fuck Steve, that game's not as good as something else. Oh, that's awesome. That's your opinion. This is my opinion. This is not any kind of analytical measure of any stretch, and we are not going to pretend it is. Yeah, um, and, and we're not gonna we're not gonna say like vote for or say something's the best when we didn't watch it or play it, you know. So <laughs> this is entirely based on our own experiences. Yes. So, um, all right. So let's start off off with anime. And the first category we have this was comes to us from Amaro. It is the most surprising thing. Of 2022 it's vague it's intended to be vague Amro, this is your category why don't you start us off yeah so for for me most surprising thing uh when it comes to anime in in the last year um i tend to watch a lot of things you know like at the beginning of the season and then just drop off right because like a lot of the times i'm, I'm just gonna watch the the couple things that i just really enjoy right so mm -hmm. I don't really have high expectations for, for a lot of things. And I usually don't look into things that I'm not familiar with just to, to see if maybe it could surprise me. Uh, Akiba made war was one of those for me this year. Um, it just sounds so utterly silly on, on paper and just that first episode alone was like, okay, this is going to be something special. And, uh, and I'm still making my way through it, but I like, you know, again, that's just because there's been a lot of games this time of year <laughs> mm -hmm. that have taken up my time yeah. but uh but every every episode i've watched of it i'm halfway through i've i've really enjoyed and i definitely plan to continue and, and finish it so uh occupant made war definitely recommended for uh for people yeah uh i finished the series recently and it's very enjoyable and it was a, a pleasant surprise uh pa works if i may transition because pa works did this series and then they did the other series that is my surprise of 2022 which is your boy kong ming um your boy yeah <laughs> yeah buddy p <laughs> yeah yeah just the uh i love uh you know on this show i've always talked ill of isekai but i like when it can do weird funny things like take a guy from uh this old era and, and take him to a current day and then he's a manager for an aspiring artist and uh it was just uh really funny uh super enjoyable and that would be my surprise you boy it's definitely a show that i think uh surprised all of us 
to me, I think when I first thought about this one, that one kind of hit my list. But then, I don't know. I feel like the show kind of struggled a little bit toward the end of the series. Um, started off real strong. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like a lot of it, though. Um, it's definitely worth recommending, especially, you know, 12 episodes. It's kind of easy to sit through. Um, the show I'm recommending is actually another isekai that sh- that uh, changes the game, as you would say, because it is uh, Uncle from Another World. Uh, mm. Technically, it's kind of a weird series that's not... I don't know if we really consider it a 2020 because the last episode was delayed once again because of COVID issues. Um, so it's, it hasn't aired yet, but I've been through all 12 episodes that's released, and it is... It, from beginning to end, it's amazing. And I really think it's one of those series that's just absolutely worth watching. And it's it's completely, you know, it's di- it's a different type of isekai. But at the same time, it's a product of the modern world. Because all isekai, all uh, Uncle from Another World is, right? It is a React anime, right? Like, you see all these React YouTube channels. It's like, I'm watching the first episode of Chainsaw Man with my friend. And that's all it is. I mean, but it's amazing because it's, you know, here you got this guy who's like, let me show off my memories from the other world. And he's showing it to his nephew and his uh, uh, his nephew's friend, quote unquote. <laughs> um, and it is just absolutely hilarious. The, the stories and just watching their reactions and like them understanding that, you know, Elf Coon is, you know, totally into uh, their uncle. Um, but they just, he doesn't know it because he's not into, uh, he doesn't know, really know about Sundarius, even though he talked about Ava and he was like, all like, wait a minute, Ava had a Sundarius. How does he not realize it? And it's just, it is so funny. And I, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it because it's been kind of this weird schedule, but it's definitely. A thousand percent worth watching once it's fully out, easily accessible, whether it's on Netflix or wherever you can find it. It's it is something that's so entertaining. It's like I've not watched one episode and thought, hmm, this one wasn't quite as funny as the last one. Every episode kind of does its own thing and is really, really funny. So yeah, that's recommend it. one I'll have to get back to in 22. The combination of the delays because the studio had COVID and yeah. Netflix's release schedule was such mm-hmm. that um, it, it it was difficult to get into any kind of rhythm with the show. Yeah, yeah, because it was originally airing back in uh, summer, and then halfway through the series, I think actually someone died at first. Was that this one? Um, I believe someone actually passed away, and that delayed the show by six months, or by three months, and then they started recap- broadcasting it again, and now it's a COVID delay, so it's like... No, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this one... Was, this one was, was COVID. Okay, uh, okay. Shutdowns, but um, it's but no, yeah, like the, someone died. Yeah, there you go. the The fact that like Netflix still hasn't dropped the whole thing has has kept me from continuing to watch it. But everything I, I watched about it, I absolutely love the show. So yeah, definitely. Um, even though it's not on my list of uh, five for later, it's one of my favorites of the of the year. Very strong year. <laughs> I do think I do think it's one of those things where I understand why Netflix probably didn't do it. Because they probably had resources allocated to dub, because they were releasing it weekly, uh, mm-hmm. slightly delayed but weekly. But they had re- they probably had resources dedicated to doing it, and then they had those resources dedicated to doing a different show, and then all of a sudden it got delayed, and they're like, "Oh well, we can't do it now because our resources are now doing this series." And I kind of understand why Netflix might not have necessarily gotten to it because they've been kind of doing things better. 
um, releasing weekly episodes, but uh, definitely when it fully drops on Netflix, 100% recommended. All right, moving on. Uh, J-Ro, your next, the category you picked was first show you want to watch from the 2022 backlog. I guess <laughs> I may have already given one for everyone, but you know. Uh, yeah, so the the show that I have is Summertime Render, only because it was, I was kind of confused on like, when is this going to air on Disney Plus? And I think I wasn't clear on whether it would air in America or nationally on Disney Plus because it's not there. But I haven't heard anything about it besides from that first episode or two episodes that we watched when we got together for that season preview. And now that it's all done, um, I'm very mm -hmm. curious to see uh, what that show is like. Uh, it was fairly interesting in, in the first episode or so. Yeah. It's... I've, I've... Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've, I have heard good things from people that have watched it. Um, so no, no specifics or anything, but it's just it's just like you like where we have no idea whether it's actually even coming out over here or not because like e plus i don't think they're gonna release that over here yeah i, I don't know like i haven't seen them put out any other <clears throat> anime shows mm -hmm. um that that aren't marvel shows right um so that, that would be interesting but but yeah i definitely would like to check that out too yeah, I think it's interesting because if you Google it, you can still find it on Disney Plus as a like, hey, you know, it's like it's on Google and then you try to go to it. Like if you're logged in, it like gives you like an error code. So it's like region lock. So maybe it'll be something that you could do if you log in and have a VPN to the UK or something. Maybe you can find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did someone say Nord? Uh, yeah, Nord, <laughs> Nord VPN. VPN yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious about that one, too. Uh, for me, uh, I'm actually going to go with something that's a little bit cheeky because um, it hasn't finished airing yet. But To Your Eternity Season 2, um, I watched the first episode and was totally hyped mm. on the season because I did enjoy the last season. And I have not watched a single episode since. Oof. So... Yeah. I need to get back into this show because I do remember really liking it and it is something that's great, but I, I kind of, I'll fall back onto the armor excuse in that there's a lot of games in the fall. Uh, and there's also a lot of great anime that aired in the fall. Um, so, you know, everything was super busy. And then like this one show I just haven't watched yet. And it's like, you know, 12 or 13 episodes in now. Um, so I need to really get onto it. Um, but it's definitely one of the shows I really want to watch because I did really enjoy the first season of this show. Uh, for me, uh, mine's a little bit more basic, bitch. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I need to watch My Hero Academia season six. <laughs> um, season. I just say what? It's a good season. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like it, it just I just kind of put it off because I didn't really want to do the watch a shonen anime from week to week, you know, with all its cliffhangers and you know, stuff not happening. So I, I just feel like it's a better, probably a better experience watching it um, marathon style. And, you know, since I partially kind of already knew like some stuff that was happening during the season, I was like, I'll just, I'll just wait till it's all out and then, and then binge it. Yeah. I was uh, like, 
I was gonna like I was gonna do a week like a wait for four episodes to come out and then watch it all, um, and then I ended up like gotten really into it, <laughs> and so I, after waiting like a month to watch it, uh, I ended up started watching it week by week. I can say confidently now, you can go ahead and watch watch it because it got through an entire arc, right? Gotcha. So you could watch here to what's currently out. And have like that full story, and then wait for the next half of the series to air, probably, and then catch that. So, I would say that that's would worth doing now. But uh, yeah, definitely worth. It's definitely a good show, <laughs> a good season, unlike the last one, which was half good. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, all right, moving on. Uh, best fight of twenty twenty two. So again, kind of vague. However, you want to interpret it, um, whether it's a relationship fight or racing competition or chess match, I'm not sure, whatever sports anime aired this year. I uh, just kind of was thinking, what fight did you think was the best from the last year? Um, for whatever reasons, maybe it's a big hype moment, maybe it was just beautifully animated, um, you know, whatever it was that kind of made it stuck, stood out in your mind. Um, for me, I'm actually going to go with uh, it's actually kind of a really short fight, but amazing. Um, and that happened with Osama ranking, or, or sorry, ranking of kings. Um, uh, and it happened with Boji and uh, his, okay, so kind of boss, um, but also Dida. Um, you'll know if you watch the show. Um, it, it just was like the last, one of the last couple episodes. There's this just awesome moment. And the animation on it is just like Sakaga. Uh, you know, hard on, wet dream, kind of like, wow, that was so amazing. And it's just like this brief moment where you watch, um, uh, where you watch Boji, who is, you know, if you watch the show, the first starts off, he's like the weakest ever. Um, he's like supposed to be like this weak guy. He's deaf or um, he's mute. He's not deaf. Uh, or is he deaf? He's deaf. He's deaf. He yeah. is deaf. Mm -hmm. um, so he's deaf um, and he can't speak either. So, like he's, you know, he's deaf and he's mute and he, you know, he's a weak character and it's just this like moment in the series that's like the pinnacle of everything that's been letting up to him and it's just this awesome like cool fight motion sequence between Boji and uh, Boss and it's just like, wow, that that was hype and that was a really cool moment. So uh, definitely overall a great series, but that one moment, that one fight was just like totally dope. All right, uh, Jero, what about you? Um, I went with from Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District arc, Gutaro uh, and Daki versus Tanjiro and Uzui and all those guys. Um, super exciting battle over the, the course of like, is from like episode seven to 11. You talk about uh, animation quality, um, you know, really top tier stuff from Ufotable in that particular battle and some really exciting scenes. Yeah, that, that series in itself had some pretty awesome animation, so no surprise there. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't pick that one specifically because I knew somebody else was probably going to pick it. Yeah, that, that one came to mind right away. Uh, mine, mine was from uh, Mob Psycho 103, um, and that was uh, the big battle at the uh, the Divine Tree, or, or rather the Giant Broccoli. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And and you know when when Dimple went full on God mode and 
uh, you know, was fighting Shigeo. Like that, that was that was pretty impressive. But like, it, they really popped off when the Divine Tree became sentient and and he had to fight it. Like that was just such a great episode and uh, you know a good cap off for such an amazing series overall. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think uh, I mean we'll probably talk about this more later, but. I just think in general, like there was like this season seemed to be weaker on fights, but like the two, I would say decent fight moments were pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I, I get that one. All right, let's move on to our final top five lists. Um, I don't know. We're, we're laid back. Present it how you want it, whether you have actually ranked them or not. Um, but stick to five. That's that's the goal here. We got five. We watched a lot of anime this year. There was a lot of great stuff. This was probably one of the hardest years for me to pick because of cutting shows. There's been years in the past where I was like, you know, I don't know what to pick because I don't know if I really like this one better than this one. But to me, it was more like, damn, I need to put all these on my list. And I can't because I'm, hmm. I'm artificial restrictions for no reason. Um, but yeah, that was pretty tough for me. So. Uh, I'm gonna go with number. I'm gonna just count them down from five to one. Uh, number five, Spy Family. Kind of an interesting pick, and it might surprising because there's probably one that's gonna be left off my list that everyone's gonna be shocked. I just think this was just a great new series, right? We got two seasons, and both was amazing. It was such a joy to watch. Um, it was unique in a lot of ways although it's technically just, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith in the anime form. Um, but it's still adorable. You know, uh, I bought all of the figures, um, so I will be getting all the little pop parade pop figures of the family um, because I, it's just such a great series, and I, I really understand the hype. And I'm just excited to know uh, they're doing both a movie and a new series, right? That's what they announced. Mm-hmm. So. We know there's going to be more of it. Um, and the first two seasons started off real strong. Uh, number four. This one, I could have put on the most surprising list because just the sheer fact that it is even in my top five is stunning. It is Bochi the Rock. Hot damn, that show was amazing. Period. That's, that's, another, that's another backlog show for me. I need to get to in 2023. <laughs> Same. And I, th- I think what's most surprising, I watched a video, um, a YouTube video that talked about the manga. And this is one of those examples of a show where the anime is elevates the source material to a higher plane. Like it is insane because it is a four coma panel manga. So when you're reading it, you know, they're short gags, but there's so much and so much originality that the anime does, you know, doing live action scenes with like little clay figures or, you know, moments that just that the, the creators got together saying, we love this show and we want to do something special. And I believe I even re- read somewhere that was like, one of the people who worked on the series pretty much told like, whenever this gets adapted, I want in because they were such fans of the manga. And this really is something that elevates the manga to a higher degree because it's so great. And from top to ending, like an amazing series. Absolutely amazing. And honestly, I could have put this higher on my list, but it was a struggle, as I said. So really good series. Um, 
number three, Ranking of Kings. I already talked about it once. I think for me, I just loved how Ghibli slash Disney this show was. It felt unique in a lot of ways. It had really interesting characters, a great story, um, and it just felt impactful from beginning to end. And it is one of those shows that's just like, it It really was a good story. And I think that's one of those things that you really have to kind of, like, Bochi had great music and great characters and a lot of, like, unique visuals, but Ranking of Kings just had, like, an amazing story. And I think that's what really drove me in, and I really loved it. Um, and, you know, again, it involves a character who's deaf and mute, and how often do you run into that? Um, it's pretty rare. Obviously, we know there's a couple of popular movie examples of that, but it, it just handles itself very well, and I love it. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, number two, Agia sama Love is War, Ultra Romantic. <laughs> okay, the payoff. That's what this series season was. It was the payoff. I want more. I really want more of this show. I love this show from... I love the show to death. But at the same time, if we never get any more, I feel like as a whole, this is a good package. The, the it was three seasons. Um, yeah. And it was just like the perfect romantic comedy package. I love this series to death. I really hope they continue to make it. Although it did really have kind of a, almost a like, well, maybe we'll never get back to another season. Who knows? Well, uh, um, on a unique thing, the manga car, they had finished the manga just a little, like, after the series was finished. And then mm -hmm. they retired from writing manga altogether. They retired from drawing manga. Oh, okay. So, so they're still going to do story so he's stuff. Still, yeah, Aka, Aka, Akasaka, um, he has another um, manga called Oshinoko, which uh, is actually getting an anime soon. So you guys should probably be excited for that one. But um, uh, he, he writes it. He writes it, but he doesn't draw it. And um, if you if you read the the Kaguya manga, uh, which I have, uh, you can tell that the art is he like you know he's not bad. Don't don't get me wrong, right? But he he definitely feels more amateurish than a lot of like other mangaka out there. And you know I think what he really enjoys is just writing and and, and obviously like really the writing and, and <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so good. And, and so like, you know, I think that's, if that's what he wants to do, then by all means, right. Like, especially if it means he gets to create more stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like I, I completely agree with you, Steve. All right. And then number one on my list, probably not a big surprise. Well, actually it's somewhat of a big surprise. Um, but not that big of a surprise, but it's, it is mob psycho three. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's surprised for me because I watched season one about two episodes and was like, I don't like this show. <laughs> um, and I don't think it was until either last year or the previous year. I can't, I think it was two years ago um, or it might've been 2019. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't that long ago. Like it maybe it was right after season two aired um, or, you know, something like that. I decided, you know what? I'm bored enough. Let me, everyone's talking about this show. I might as well watch it. And I ended up kind of watching both seasons back to back. And it was just like, oh, damn, this show is top tier. I love it. Um, and so, you know, getting that final kind of 
last season in on this show. Um, and I felt like, again, another kind of like Kaguya-sama and the fact that this is like, the, although this is a legit ending, um, it's the perfect cap to a great series. Um, absolutely amazing. You know, I even got everyone at my work. <laughs> uh, we started up a little club and they're like, what should we watch? I'm like, Mob Psycho. Um, and I know yeah. some people that basically settled me, they marathon the first two seasons in like a weekend because they were just so into it. Um, so really good series, obviously greatly animated, um, makes, makes the manga look, this is, I guess, another example of where the anime makes, I mean, the manga is just like, you know, it's not like we, that was another thing at work. They passed out the manga at work and I was looking mm -hmm. at the art and I know, I remember hearing that the art was bad and holy shit, the art is bad. Um, in the manga, but like the anime takes that bad art and elevates it to a level that's just like, okay, I love this style. Um, even though it was a style probably brought by limitation of the artist itself. So, amazing series. Absolutely great. Something everyone who's an anime fan should be like, I watched this series. You know, it's only three seasons, you know, 36 episodes, easy to get into, and uh, just such a great series. All right, that's my top five. Uh, Amro, what about you? What's your top five? All right, so uh, let me start with the ones that Steve didn't already mention. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say sorry. It's going to be one of those things where I, I, there's going to be a lot of repetitiveness of it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, again, like, I think the ones that were so good stand out for a reason. Um, mm. So uh, I just want to say Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, I really, really love that show. Um, oh, that, that was another hard cut. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like as a, I, I thought about putting it in there for surprise because like, you know, like cyberpunk, like who cares? Well, I mean, I know some people like the game and I, I know I see Jero playing it. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I was like, I don't really care about cyberpunk. So, but also it was like Studio Trigger. I love Studio Trigger. So I went in there kind of expecting it to be good and, but it blew my expectations out of the water. And, and it's just a great, short, tragic story. Like in, in the amount of time that it, you know, you have with it, you get really attached to, uh, to David and Lucy and, and Rebecca and all those characters. So um, absolutely love it. Um, can't wait to see it. It almost, it, it almost made me go back and start playing cyberpunk, but you know, then I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one Steve didn't mention was my dress up darling. Uh, absolutely adored that show. Uh, I think Marin and Gojo are, are top tier contenders for like, you know, husband and waifu of, of the, of the year. Um, it was one where like the first episode I saw, I loved it so much. I was immediately, uh, ordering the manga and, and reading it, <laughs> you know, from the jump, right? Like I was like, yep, I'm sold episode one and, and didn't regret it. Loved all of it. Um, being caught up is kind of suffering because of the release schedule. Uh, but you know, for, for anime fans, like I think you get the best distillation of those characters and the animation is gorgeous and we already have season two announced. So, uh, definitely looking forward to more Marvin and Gojo. Uh, to me, that was just the mm -hmm. kind of show was like, I really liked it, but like when I was picking one romance series, I was like, there's just like one clear winner for me. So yeah. again, it was like another one of those shows. It's just like, I gotta, you know, I gotta talk about this one. Well, I don't have such arbitrary uh, <laughs> limitations because I also put Kaguya-sama on there. Um, again, like in, in this one, it's, it's just hard to compete because it's, it's such a great wrap up to these characters, but 
again, there is the movie um, that has already aired in Japan. So there's there's a little bit more to look forward to. And um, again, for, for manga readers, like, I really, really hope they continue to animate it because, like, it... Kaguya, like, what makes, I think, Kaguya-sama so special is that what starts off as a will-they-won't-they, they, um, you know, kind of rom-com, actually develops their characters and they actually get together and then it continues going and you see what the relationship is like um, besides just the, the hookup, right? And uh, it touches on some topics that rom-coms tend to avoid. Um, but... Yeah, no, the the way that season three was handled was just absolutely perfect. The climax was just brilliant. Um, it even had a, a Gundam reference in there that made me scream out loud. <laughs> uh, but uh, next up on there is Mob Psycho 103. Again, you know, like everything Steve said absolutely lands. Um, I think what I really enjoyed about it is that it 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 just it's a complete story right mm -hmm. like even though it ends in a way where it's like oh yeah like you know these these characters will continue to grow and change like you know like we saw from beginning to end like mobs <clears throat> growth and you know just it ended with just a simple him accepting himself right like there was no big final battle the battle was internal and and like this kid finally was smiling and laughing genuinely. And I was just like, this is brilliant. Like I loved this show. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where season two set the bar so high. It was mm -hmm. like, who is mob going to fight next? And I felt like season three did it brilliantly by, you know, having the tree thing with um, uh, uh, Dimple and then having the final boss be himself. And yeah. I think that was like, the best way to end the series without just going, all right, let's go Goku level. He's now going to fight a parallel dimension universe altering multiverse threat because he's too strong now. Like this kind of going in that direction is great. And I thought that was handled perfectly. And, and I love that him confessing to Subomi wasn't a cop out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, she, she rejected him, but at the same time, it was like one of those things where it's like, you know, we need to kind of talk more. And cause, cause like, you know, my dudes had a crush on her for the longest time, but like barely even talks to her. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I, it just felt, it just felt good to, for it to end with them being on like closer friends and maybe there's a possibility that things will happen in the future, but just to see mob in a happy place, I was just like, man, this is, this is good. Uh, and then my final one, Spy Family. <laughs> like, I just, I would be lying if I said this wasn't my favorite show of the season. Uh, again, you know, like, I already expected it to be based off the manga, but the adaptation was so strong. And, you know, like, I, the fact that we have the movie and the second season already announced, again, just makes me even more excited for 2023. Um and the movie being anime original uh, is is just like for for me who's read the manga I'm just like yes thank you because <laughs> I get to experience it for the first time uh, but yeah not much else to say on that. All right, Jero. Yeah, I have four of the five Amro shows. So I'll try and be brief. <laughs> um, I do have a number. At, at Actually, Amro shows. I think seven. I think he talked about seven of them. So oh yeah, I was. I don't think I did. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, uh, it's Spy Family, My Dress Up Darling, Kaguya, Mob Psycho, and Cyberpunk. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you had to do something else. All right, yeah. So I do have my number at five, Mob Psycho 100 Season 3. It was really good. I especially loved the broccoli tree stuff and the cult and the slow unfolding of everybody turning to the cult side <laughs> and then uh, the battle mm-hmm. with Dimple and, you know, the whole comedic thing of uh, of of uh of uh mob wearing the monkey shirt during (laughs) and how that was like a lot of like a catalyst for for certain things uh that was really funny uh number four my dress up darling Uh, oh god i was gonna say while we're still on the topic of of mob psycho i forgot to mention the the alien episode that was pretty neat yeah oh yeah yeah, and the uh, and a great payoff too in the last episode too, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the epilogue is pretty fun. Uh, at number four, dress up, darling. Um, you had mentioned earlier about the anime elevating the source material. I think that's very much the case with this series. Cloverworks did an amazing job uh, elevating the original story uh, because the, the original story is. It's good, but seeing it in animation and getting all of the audio sounds and, of course, the voice acting, I think it's really major for that type of series. I thought it was really good. And how many Marin figures do you think have been purchased since the show aired? Um, Yeah, there's got to be a ton. I've seen some and I've thought about it, but I haven't. Button, yeah, yes. it's the same thing. I was looking at a couple, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, thinking, do, do I want to do I want to spend $200 <laughs> on the sexy plastic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you get to look at the uh, sexy plastic every day, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh, and then at number three, Spy Family, I just love the family dynamic of assassin, spy, and uh, Anya who can read minds and stuff. Um, there's a lot of great character, like child characters in anime we've seen over the years, but I almost feel like Anya is my favorite of those, and she's like right place, right time for like internet culture and stuff with memes and like how how expressive her face is with like the the shocked face and the hair face <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Um, that is a figure I bought the uh, Nendroid, so I'm hoping that comes in next month, which has all the different oh, nice. face options. So. Looking forward to that. Um, Anya is great. Uh, number two, Demon Slayer Entertainment District. Uh, Demon Slayer has has uh, gained uh, some incredible popularity in the shonen space, and I think the series is really good now. I mean, you know, season one was solid. Mugen Train movie, great, and you know we're seeing uh, continued action greatness with Ufotable. Uh, getting a shonen series. So uh Demon Slayer's is great. And then Cyberpunk mm-hmm. was my favorite of the year. It's amazing how nice. a how the anime like saved the video game. Um how like the video game is is thought of in much better regard now than it was before Edge Runners came out. Because people just thought like, oh it's a dumb game, stupid bugs and all that stuff. But now People are more interested in it, and I mean, historically, it it has taken CD Projekt Red a long time with games in the past to fix them and get them right, like The Witcher and, and all that. But uh, Trigger single handedly saved that game. So, 
<laughs> you know, it's surprising to me, and maybe it's maybe some of the justification that uh, I had, which why I didn't pick it. None of us picked Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2, which yeah. in a lot of veins was an amazing season. And the only reason why I didn't pick it was because it's like, it was too much of the to be continued after already being to be continued of the yeah. final season. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that's somewhat interesting. I only watched the first well, episode and I was waiting for it to end. And then I found out that that end wasn't the end. So, Yeah. And, and you might notice I didn't put um, Witch of Mercury from on there. Um, it, mainly because it's not done yet. Like, yeah, know, yeah it's, there's a second half. They announced next it. Year, so. yeah. Well, I mean, you picked two other shows that weren't aren't done. Well, technically. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Oh, okay. My list is arbitrary. <laughs> all right, that wraps up the anime section. Uh, we're going to go into a special section now that we do every year for, for shits and giggles. Um, nothing more. Yep. So we have uh, first up Waifu of 2022. Uh, you know, Waifus, oh, there's so many of them, right? Um it's difficult to choose just one, but you got us. So, um, uh, I'm I'm looking at a list I made now, and I'm still not sure. But uh, oh. I, I think I I would have to go with Lucy from Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I may choose a uh, that's that is good. Uh, yeah, that's in, a good one. Yeah, incredibly was, attractive on list of short. Yeah, and hot and um, you know, I think from the episode where they're in the ambulance and they and they jump out on the, on the hospital cot and you see her just uh, crazy as they're rolling down the street. Uh, you realize, Oh, this is, this is someone special. And then, uh, you know, she gets into the relationship with David and all that stuff. And then at, at the end, you, you really feel for her after all of what happens in uh, the final arc of that series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amro. Uh, for me, I mean, I think it, there's well, okay, there was a few options. There definitely was, and there's a lot of options. <laughs> I was gonna say, Marin, Marin was one where I was like, she could definitely be up there, but then I was like, but she's 15 years old, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna go with illegal milf, and that's your forger. <laughs> I was scared um, to pick her because she's a little dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, she's again, it's one of those things where it's like, if you like a woman that could kill you. Uh, your fortune definitely hmm. could, <laughs> but you know, if you're if you're not a if you're not a traitorous pig, you know she won't she won't be killing you. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's a difficult. Uh, unless it's with her cooking. Yeah, <laughs> it's a difficult thing with like picking waifu and you know so many of these anime they're in high school settings and stuff and they're kind of like yeah, yeah you know yeah. we're getting older to where it's we like younger, you know, sure I mean you know if if I if I find some numbers featuring Marin, I'm not going to avoid it. Uh, Wait, let, let's be real here. We could say waifu, but we could also be like, if you pick her, you become age appropriate. So, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, we're, we're always, we're talking about uh, 2D women here, so I don't think it really yeah. matters that much. Yeah. We, are, we are good but, and offensive. Uh, but yeah, your even even that aside, <laughs> I, I still would have picked your forger. You know, it's Saori Hayami yeah. mm-hmm. uh, voicing her. Like she's just she's hilarious. She's definitely good looking. Like 
she's hiding she's hiding some secret weapons underneath those sweaters um <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and again like you know it's just god all the cosplay that's come about uh, because of her is just ex- it's just perfection mm-hmm. yeah and seeing her little bits of bonding with anya have been uh, yeah. enjoyable in this series i love the i love the shot in the new opening where they're like looking out a window like cuddling with each other i think it's just so adorable mm-hmm. that As, opening is just oh it's so yeah. good i think it's the I, f- I think in terms of technical stuff like it's the best of all time in terms of like animation quality and music and everything coming together perfectly i think it's a great opening um yeah steve your waifu of 22 all right so traditionally speaking um I should pick Harley Quinn because she was in a Batman game this year. Um, <laughs> I forgot but, about video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but since I did not play it, I was like, okay, let me arbitrarily take this off my list of options. Um, and then I picked someone from an anime I only watched one episode of, so I should have <laughs> probably just picked Harley Quinn anyway, but let's be real here. Um, Vermeil, because everyone wants her <laughs> as as their wife um if you don't I remember saw, i saw i saw the whole thing and i actually really like for male like they they do i mean obviously she's hot and she has no problem being seen naked by her uh and she know, replenishes her power in the greatest way yeah and they definitely they definitely don't you know pussyfoot around the whole physical relationship but but also like there was just some good backstory for her and and i was like oh i actually really like her as a character mm-hmm. um but still, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she she really is a cool character. And actually, now that I think about it, I actually watched about three episodes. So, um, but yeah, it, it, she's just a fun character. Um, and, you know, reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So on the other side, Husbando of 2022. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Let's go in reverse order. Uh, back to Steve. <laughs> All right. Um, this one was hard. I'm just going to have to, since I get to go first, I'll go ahead and pick Daddy. Uh, it's going to be Kratos, right? Mm. I mean, oh. all, all of us, us want to be held in his arms, right? He's a, he's a big, powerful man, and I'm not ashamed uh, to say uh, he's definitely a, a, seems like someone would be amazing to be your husband. I mean, hell, he killed okay. for his one <laughs> wife, and then he killed more gods just to bury his other wife. Uh, so yeah, ten out of ten. Would mm-hmm. yeah, and would go home before. <laughs> yeah, and seeing him uh, get more in touch with his feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, Good father. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amro. Uh, sticking with the with the theme here, it's got to be Lloyd Forger. I mean, it, it, as an actual husband, you know, or, you know, quote unquote, pretend husband, but still like yeah. seeing him, seeing him actually like grow into the role and, you know, be a dad to Anya and, and be there emotionally for, for your um, doing things that aren't necessarily for the mission, quote unquote. Uh, I think that's the best, that's the best part of, of spy families, just seeing them together and, and grow and, and become a real family. And as funny as I think it would be to pick a swole David Martinez as Husbando, <laughs> uh, I also I also am going to pick Lloyd Forger from Spy Family. 
but uh, just a yeah. super great character. And one of those things where even if he's all like in the mission and he, he's so spy talk all the time, he you see little things of like him starting to care for family mm-hmm. and stuff. I will say that my runner up was your boy. Your boy Kong. Your, your boy Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Like, dude, yeah. he made he makes things happen. Yeah, can you be my manager, please? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a leg up with your stratagems. <laughs> All right, so um that's been the, the special category. Let's go back to games. Amro, take it away. All right. So for our special categories for games, uh, the first one's coming from Steve. Uh, this is the worst game mechanic of 2022. Um, I was going to pick uh, uh, Sonic Frontiers because they make you play a pinball game. Um, and they also make you click A to level up your character one time. And you have to do it at least... 198 times uh, yeah. um and it's very slow but instead armor before the podcast reminded me of something else i really hated um in marvel snap um <laughs> so i, I mean you know i've been playing marvel snap you know it's a, it's a phone game but you know it's a card game kind of you know uh very rng based but the thing that really pisses me off is that he, the mechanic that pisses me off is the matchmaking because it really has like apparently Armo said there's like three tiers that you put you in and that sounds about accurate. Um, I basically got put into a tier where I was kind of enjoying like there was definitely some things I hated about the game, but it put me in this upper tier and I can no longer win. Well, I can kind of win every randomly when you know the R and Jesus decides to bless <laughs> me. Um, but like they put me in this tier where I'm playing people with cards I just don't have. And, like, every time I lose, it's because they're using strategies I don't have access to. And I guess unless I put, like, $1,000 into the game, which is probably how much I would have to spend just to get the credits to buy the boxes or to to buy the the gold bars to upgrade the credits, like, just the sheer amount I would need to buy just to get there would be... I'd probably have to spend at least 50 bucks to get there. Um, Maybe, if I'm lucky, with 50 bucks. Probably maybe more. And it's kind of insane that I'm limited to that. And, you know, and the thing that pisses me off even more is that I've been in that now for about three or four days and I've still been leveling up and I've gone up maybe 200 deck levels Mm -hmm. since I got put into this level and I'm still nowhere near that point. And I'm almost at the point where I really feel like I should just give up because at this point I just got to lose a million games and get hopefully lucky because the only way to get these cards is to RNG them to begin with. It's just, oh, I, I've been, I like, I sat there and like, there have been times where I just started tapping on my phone really hard. Like, can this game fucking end because it's getting to like a thousand animations and I know I've already lost. You should have, you should have retreated before that point. <laughs> Well, the problem is I have the this the problem is I was only in the game to mm-hmm. lose, but I wanted to beat the freaking daily missions even ah, if I, I was going to lose just so I could earn the fucking credits to get the extra cards. So it was like I knew I was going to lose, but why do I have to wait thirty minutes to lose because of these stupid animations? But yeah, 
Um, and then you get the, the asshole people that are like sitting there like thumbs upping you like, aha, I beat you. And I'm like, I know I was going to lose. I got shit cards compared to you. So ugh. the emote, the emote spams are toxic. <laughs> yeah. I, I listen, I, I, I've definitely participated in the, uh, in the toxicity before. Um, when I, I when someone, when someone, when someone snaps and I still beat them, I definitely use the Thanos snap emoji. <laughs> like, the like I could actually also talk about that as a terrible mechanic. Snapping uh, is a terrible mechanic because snapping gives the person who doesn't snap all the benefit in the world without having to face the negatives. So like the whole snap mechanic needs to be adjusted to begin with. But yeah. Yeah, it's it definitely I mean again, there's there's strategies for for step, like snapping and you know when you should snap because like if if you're like I have a good hand, it's basically like it's reverse poker, right? Because if you I snap know. If, if you snap, you're basically telling the opponent you have a good hand, right? So they're like, nah, I'm out. I'm folding. <laughs> I've done that before, too, where it's like, I don't think I'm going to win. I'll just snap, and then they'll quit, and I'll be like, ha, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, and, you know, when, when Steve came up with the worst game mechanic, uh, I also thought of Marvel Snap. But but I, I'm, I'm definitely been enjoying the game more. Like, I'm past, I think, that major hump that Steve's in right now, so I definitely know the struggle. Um and my only advice is just like, don't worry about losing, you know, like my, I think my, my overall rank is like 50, uh, right now. So like, you know, from, from one to a hundred, which is the, the infinite rank or whatever, I'm, I'm only at 50 for this season. And like, that's pretty much where I've been floating around. Um, I got up to 80. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like this, let me tell the, you something. P what this is game... the mega rank? Yeah, yeah. It, like this game is easy. Like when you play a lot of dumb characters, like mm -hmm. strategy wise, like as a Magic the Gathering player for the last 20 plus years, uh, strategy wise, this is actually a pretty easy game. Like, there's no real hard thought to it. There's always going to be RNG mechanics. That's true. But the problem with me is like, I don't want to lose because I have no chance to win because I just don't have the cards. That's where yeah. it struggles. Yeah, you might. I mean, also, I think, like you said, you were fighting people that were in lower pools, so that's where I got to defend my honor there. <laughs> well, I mean, if I had access to the cards, I think I could win these higher pools easily. Yeah. But I don't. But, have but them. again, like not to go too deep into it, but I, I think there, there's always like there's there's going to be metas, and there's definitely counters for those metas. But I think the card and the game mechanic I hate the most in Marvel Snap is the fucking leader. <laughs> I I hate I hate the. Do you know what that card does, Steve? Oh, I've been abusing it a little bit in the higher ranks. Yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's like the only way I can win is being like, well, let me just like literally my strategy to win has been using cards that steal from the opponent because yeah. you know they have the cards that can win. So, like, literally, I've been using, like, Leader and Morph Guy and, you know, drawing from their deck. Like, that's the mm -hmm. only way I've been able to win that in RNG luck, so. I mean, it's not a bad strategy. I, I, the, the reason I hate Leader is just because, like, my, um, my preferred deck is, is a Destroy deck. So, usually that leads to, like, if, it, if it's played, uh, if, if you've played it correctly, right? Like, you drop a lot of stuff on the final turn. Um, and then leader just comes out and it's like, oh yeah, well I did that too for, for like absolutely no setup whatsoever. And extra technical points because <laughs> he, you get the extra strength from him. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I hate it. I mean, again, there's counter, there's always counters for it. I just, I just hate it so much because you're like, Ooh, time to drop, uh, my zero cost death and my Deadpool That's really big. And, and all this stuff on the final turn. And he's just like, ah, I got those too. <laughs> uh, Jero. Uh, yeah, I'll just be brief with mine. Um, in destiny Two, gambit, a long forgotten game mode by Bungie. Um, they've, really barely touched anything with that game mode and it desperately needs it but one thing that they did change was with how heavy ammo drops where now instead of getting lucky with heavy drops from enemies uh, it's a hybrid pvp pve game mode and they just now make it to where they drop tons of heavy for everybody and everybody is always invading with heavy and uh Gambit is a real pain to get through for your weekly pinnacle. Uh, please let that game mode die. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next category. Uh, so I came up with this one. Best game you didn't play uh, in 2022. So um, this one, this one's kind of being a little cheeky. But the, the reason I came up with this one is because Horizon Zero Dawn came out this year. And... Uh, not Zero Dawn, excuse me, Forbidden West. Right. And, and you know, like, that was the that was a sequel where, like, I know the game was going to be good. Um, I hadn't played the first one, and I played it just so I could play the sequel when it came out. And then the same thing happened as in 2017. Uh, other games came out at the same time, and I ended up playing those instead. So I definitely plan on getting to for, uh, Forbidden West at some point, especially now that they've announced the DLC or whatever. But you know it's it's one of those things where it's like i will get to it after other things <laughs> yeah. uh jero mine would be plague tale requiem uh i loved the first game innocence which i played just before this new one came out but i've just never i've installed it but i've never even opened it once it's because it's one of those games where you kind of have to get yourself in the right mindset or something because it's like you know mm. it's solid story and uh stealth mechanic type gameplay stuff so uh that's the best that i haven't played yet oh uh, yeah it's a good game uh definitely worth playing once you get to it uh for me it's going to be uh elden ring um <laughs> i bought it when it was on super sale and i'll admit technically i did play it but i only played it for a couple hours and then i was like you know what uh you know i got other things i could do um i just I really like. I, I definitely think there's stuff about the game where I don't necessarily think I will like it as much as everyone did, mm -hmm. um, because I'm just not into those type of games as much, um, at least as hardcore as it is. But at the same time, I still recognize it's an amazing game. I really should have at least play it once, and so it's still on my list of things to get to. Um, probably be sometime next year, <laughs> um, and then. You know, I'm sure I'll like it to some extent once I, I level up a little bit more because there were some of the frustrating things in the first part of the game that I was like, eh, this is annoying. Mm. So. All right. And then moving on to uh, Jero's category. Uh, this is for the funnest character slash weapon or whatever to use <laughs> in a video game. So, Jero, you start us off. Yeah. So from Genshin Impact, Yelon released this year, and I have kept her in my party as regular and she is amazing because she's incredibly strong and she has a dash skill which i love any 
thing, like one of my favorite things about like Castlevania games and stuff like that is when you get those skills where you can just fly across levels and, and screens and stuff and, and the maps. And it's amazing for open world traversal. It's an incredibly strong skill. Um, helps that she, she was on my short list of waifus for 22 and uh, Yelan has proven to be one of my strongest units that I have in Genshin. For myself, uh, I am actually, I struggled with this one because there wasn't anything that stood out to me as something that's amazing. This is even after like playing two different Pokemon games and uh, all these kind of things. So I was just trying to think of what is it that I play a lot of and at least enjoy to some extent that I'm not really talking about. Um, and I ended up picking Kiriko from Overwatch 2. Um I think in general, her mechanics when she first came out, I was like, oh, she sucks. And that's like, okay, because you, you suck and you don't understand her. Um, but the more I got to play her character, and the more I just liked her kind of kind of her abilities and be able to basically punish people that dive you, um, to be able to kind of go to people to get some pretty incredible heals out, if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, really one of the best in the game just simply because of her um, cleansing ability. Um, to get rid of things like anti-grenades or fire damage or things like that or, you know, prevent an ultimate from murdering everyone. Um, she has some really fun impactive moments. Um, and I kind of started really enjoying her. And she has got an incredible short. All the Overwatch shorts are amazing, but I really loved her short. It's fun. It was kind of adorable moments. And if you play the game, certain things hit harder than others. You're like, at the end, you're like, oh, that's her ult. That's the reason why the little girl is so strong and able to run with the axe um it's just things like that just made her character so much more fun and enjoyable so yeah kiriko and i'm also a big support player so i I love playing heals so Mm -hmm. yeah and at the higher levels it's become uh absolutely necessary to have her uh her burst or uh, her ultimate on compositions Yeah. yeah Yeah, I mean, even even the fact that her, you know, Anna is so popular too. I mean, even at high levels, and the <clears> fact that she can basically counter Anna's best ability, which is the anti nade, mm-hmm. um, helps a lot. So, re- really strong character if you really know what you're doing. The problem is you get a lot of people that suck at Kiriko, um, and even if you just focus on being a healer and not her incredible damage output, if you hit, you know, headshots, she is still very effective as a character. So mm-hmm. that's what's kind of nice about her. Even if you kind of suck at certain thing aspects of her character, she still does certain things. What she's supposed to do healing very well. So, all right. And for myself, uh, to me, um, I could talk about Marvel Snap, but we already did that enough. Uh, for me, my favorite weapon in Elden Ring, I know, right, <laughs> was the the Halo side. So I, I love like Elden Ring is, is you know again action games people always talk about how hard it is or whatever but uh for me like once i found the halo scythe i pretty much use that all the way through to the end of the game um you know for one it's a melee weapon that has a pretty good reach on it uh but also it's uh it's alternate attack is basically a long range uh disc of light that you can shoot so you know that was pretty much my strategy for fighting most bosses was just shooting that at them and (laughs) and and staying away so i i really i really enjoyed that weapon um and yeah that that was it for me uh next moving on is our best games of 2022 so uh for this category we're not doing like we did with uh with anime we're only picking uh 
our best game and a runner-up, so this should go by a little bit quicker. Uh, but, uh, Jero, how about you start us off? Um, so I realized I really hadn't completed that many video games in 2022. So my runner-up is actually one that I'm in the middle of right now, which is High on Life, which is uh, the game by Justin Roiland, who does Rick and Morty, mm. that uh, just came out. And, you know, it's, uh, it's an insane game where aliens invade Earth and they teleport your house that you and your sister character into their world. And so now you're, you're going on uh, missions and you're getting other weapons that can talk to you. Like so far I have, uh, you know, there's the original gun, Kenny, which, uh, and then there's uh frog gust that's like a shotgun. And then uh, I think Stella, I forget the name of the newest one I just got, but uh, really, really funny over the top. Um, almost weird. And like how, incredible visually the game looks with like these weird alien type characters that's that's pretty cool and um the gameplay and all the the stuff with the weapons and the jetpack and all that is really fun and also really bizarre that you can watch full-length movies in your character's house so you have this guy who's your mission handler gene he's just sitting on a couch watching a Tammy and the T-Rex from 1994. I never heard of that movie until this game, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, I think there's like, uh, four movies in total that are on there that if you just sat there, you could watch it the whole time. And there was a time where I sat in front of the TV screen and Gene was like, Hey, can you please move so I can see the screen or something like that? Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that, but God of War Ragnarok is going to be my game of the year. Um, amazing evolution in the the action space as far as the the weapons and the variety of enemies that you go up against um i had a, a really fun time battling a lot of the berserkers and you know working through strategies on how to best beat them and all that stuff i still got a couple left uh, i haven't been playing recently but uh the story for ragnarok was incredible and visually, it was incredible. And that's uh, a game I'm looking forward to platinuming, hopefully sometime next year. Uh, this year. Yeah, as I say, you're going to wait all till 2024 yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it? <laughs> 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 I, I feel like it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, that's going to be my game of the year, too. We already talked about a lot. Um, yeah, there's nothing that could really like... I, and I get admittingly, neither of us really were into or played Elden Ring. But at the same yeah. time, like... I feel like I can't fault people who like I like Elden Ring. You know, yeah. it's it's this both ten out of ten games. Whichever one whichever side you land on, don't be salty and be like, ah, my game won game of the year with the <laughs> random game awards that no one really cares about. Um unless you're yeah. the internet. Um But yeah, it, it's it, God of War, you know, awesome <laughs> game. Story wise. Gameplay wise, it just really kind of ticks all the boxes for me. So that's no surprise. Um, runner up was a little more difficult for me. Um, I think in the end, I'm going to go ahead and pick Horizon. Um, not just because I felt bad for it, um, because it was like topped on every category because it came out the same year as really amazing games. Um, but Horizon for Britain West generally was a is is a good game 
it, it, you know, the map exploration, really good. Um, the fighting the machines is very fun. Hunting, you know, all of it feels kind of unique into what it is and the setting it's at. Story-wise, it does a very good job um, of kind of setting the grounds um, and kind of c continuing on from what happened in the last game. And there's a couple of, like, heartbreaking moments and a couple of, like, awesome moments. It's just generally is a solid game. Um, so, yeah, run, you know, it, it, it's tough. It, it is a tough in this year being released. Um, they keep making just... Hopefully next time they make a game, they'll they'll pick a year or in a time frame where you're not competing against juggernauts, or at least maybe may make the game a little bit better. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like it's such a great game as is. It's just it's really hard. It's like yeah. you know, eating the best taco ever and then finding a hamburger that's just like, <laughs> you know, I, I like hamburgers. You know, that's that tends to be my big thing. So that's unfortunate, but it is. When, it when is. you do when you do everything right and yet still it isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. It's a little um, sad, but it is a good game. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's it's on my uh, it's on my two playlist eventually. Um, for me, uh, game of the year, um, I'm going to be on the opposite end of of you guys there between the big debate, and, and for me, it's definitely Elden Ring. Um, you know, just as a as a fan of those style of games, the Souls games, um, I think this is it, it. Emotionally, my favorite is still Bloodborne. But uh, but this one I think just in in scale and scope and uh, everything that it does I think Elden Ring is is the best. Uh, you know it's that that massive open world. You really feel like you're on an adventure, exploring and discovering stuff. And you know even even in a massive world, it still manages to do the things that uh, <clears throat> the Souls games are best known for, like you know having intricate dungeons that loop back on themselves you know you'll find shortcuts that take you to other locations and even like 200 hours into the game i'm still finding uh secret passages to areas that you know I'm, i've i've been to before but from a you know coming from a different location and, and being like holy crap i can't believe this was here and, and this is how things connect and stuff like that um the you know the challenge was definitely there uh but i feel like it's it's the most doable of of all the the souls games where like if you if you run into a wall you can always go somewhere else and and you know level up or find new gear and and you know do things but but also just the experience of playing it with a group of friends that were all going through it at the same time and you know like talking about discoveries and and strategies and stuff like that it's it's a it's a single player game with co-op but the the multiplayer really comes from like the community aspect of it and um, yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorites of all time. And, uh, for my runner up, I mean, I think it's obvious, you know, based on, uh, everything we've talked about so far, uh, but it's, uh, SD Gundam battle Alliance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay. So, so first person uh, shooter game, that's it's not, it's not, it's not Gundam evolution. No, no it's not Gundam evolution. <laughs> uh, no, I actually like I would say it's God of War, but we've talked about God of War enough. Uh, but but as Marvel Snap, about... you know you're really gonna, gonna say you spent more time on Marvel Snap than any other game this year. Let's be real. No, no. Oh, come on, come on. But anyway, looking okay. So like you know when the the PlayStation um, uh, Roundup or review or whatever came out, um, I looked it up and I saw that my two most played of the games of the year were. <laughs> Elden Ring and SD Gun to Battle Alliance, <laughs> and and to me that I thought that was pretty on brand for me. That mm. uh, in fact there was actually two Gundam games on there, uh, 
for my most played. But I, I really enjoyed Battle Alliance. Um, again, it's it's that mission based. Like you know, you go out, you do fight things, and then you you collect things and you unlock new mobile suits. And to me, I was just like that. That battle loop was was really good, and I really had fun <clears> playing <throat> that game. So that's my runner up. I will say it's a little sad that even though Pokemon released two games this year, I when I was thinking about like even as a top five, and I played yeah. quite a few games this year, like one of them might hit five, but not more than that. Mm. So that's a little sad thinking about it. Arceus was really good. It was good, but again, I played a number of games this year, and I don't think it would be at least yeah. one through four. And the last section. Uh, all right, so our last section, uh, we're done with 2022 stuff, and now we're going to take a brief look ahead at 2023 and talk about what we're most excited for in anime and games. So we'll start off with anime. And it's almost like it, it's difficult to say that in a year where we're going to get we're, we're going to get a near automata anime, it's not the oh, thing wow, that I'm yeah. most looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm. It is season two of... Mushoko Tensei. I am. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I am very excited. I loved the first season enough to uh, read some of the light novels, and I am very excited to watch uh, all of those developments. In is it confirmed for next year though? Twenty twenty three, but it doesn't have like a date or anything. Mm. Um. I'm still going to pick that on the hope that it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's I target. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, I, I'm I'm going to pick something that I know should come out next year that I'm pretty stoked about, and that's the Ancient Magus Bride season two. Um, I really love season one. It was one of those shows. It, it, to be fair, it's been a while. Um, if you haven't, you know, I think the first season aired 2018, mm-hmm. um, but it was 24 episodes. It was just a fantastic series. It's one of those shows, where if you haven't watched, strongly recommend it. Season two is coming out. I couldn't be any more excited. It kind of ended on an interesting note um, with her kind of going to London and uh, kind of going to some magic school stuff. So now I'm kind of curious to see how that kind of goes and progresses with the story. So I, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, but it's just a great series all together. I still haven't watched the uh they released a was it was a special or movie i think um yeah they released like a special series or movie um i don't know when they did it i don't think it's actually related to the series um actually it does look to be related so i think i'm gonna have to watch that first um this was like a, a three episode ova that was released like last year Mm-hmm. 2021 um so i i need to kind of watch that first but it's definitely a series i'm pretty stoked for and amro uh for me yep for me it's gonna be the spy family movie <laughs> um again it's just I, I love those characters so much um we've gotten confirmation that it's going to be written by the original manga cause so he's going to be involved in the in the uh in the project and I know that uh, these two studios that have been co-producing the show, like they have produced such high quality work for the TV screen. I can't wait to see what they do for the movie theater. Um, I think it's going to be a huge hit. Um, but yeah, the, just the fact that it's it's a story that I don't 
know anything about with these characters. That That's what excites me the most. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned movies because I, I quickly wanted to mention the Gridman Universe movie, which uh, yeah. should be coming out this year. And then the latest Makoto Shinkai, which I guess is already aired in Japan, but it'll be like worldwide in 23. What, is mm-hmm. it the one that you fall in love with a chair or something like that? <laughs> okay, okay. You you mentioned it, so now, you mentioned it, so now I have to go on this rant. But I feel like I feel like Makoto Shinkai's movies are him just putting his fetishes out there for everyone. <laughs> so so there's the Garden of Words, which is definitely about his foot fetish. Um, <laughs> there's there's uh, your name, which is about you know swapping bodies, right? So it's like, ooh, what's it like to be in a girl's body, right? And then and then you have now this one where it's uh, Makoto Shinkai basically telling the whole world that he wants to be sad on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then moving on to games. Um, for me, I would love to say Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, but. I still don't believe that date that's been given. Um, so uh, I'm going to say I- I'm very interested in, in Hogwarts Legacy. You know, they've been showing some more stuff recently, and it it looks like a really enjoyable, like sort of open world magic game set in the Harry Potter universe. And I- I'm pretty interested in it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that one, too. Uh Omero. For me though, oh, oh go ahead, Steve. Oh, oh see, see, for me though, I, like I was gonna pick Zelda as well, but then I thought about it, and I think <clears throat> it's gonna be hard to follow up, especially since everyone saw how great the last formula was, and we've had like, like a million Zelda light games. Yeah, um, it's gonna be hard for Zelda to be unique. Um, so for me, when I thought about best game, the game I'm most kind of excited about. Is it's going to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a huge Star Wars fan since I was a little boy. Um, Star Wars is amazing. Star Wars uh, Jedi Knight was awesome. Um, I've really loved a lot of the TV projects they've released lately, so I've been really into Star Wars. Um, Andor was amazing, so I'm pretty stoked about Jedi Survivor, and I kind of hope that you know it really builds on how good the last game was. Um, and adds it really adds to the story of Star Wars without making it feel too much like, well, where was he? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I really don't want him appearing in any live action context because <laughs> I want the games to really tell his story because we know it's got to end somehow. Whether it ends in the Ahsoka, I went off mysteriously for the next thirty years, or mm-hmm. he actually does something you know, impactful and dies at the end. I don't know, but I'm, I'm all in, I'm invested in Calcastus and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And, uh, Amro, you've been playing the game a little bit, right? Recently. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I started it. Yeah. You bought it before he could get it for free. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) even though, I mean, granted, I I only spent $7 on it and I got the deluxe edition. So it came with like some little extras. So I'm like, "It, it was worth it. Um, but no, it, I'm I was I was just surprised by how good the opening to that game was and and everything looked and uh, I get to say I, I'm playing it on PS5 uh, with the, all the upgrades that mm-hmm. so I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, that was um, cool. Uh, I just remember but, on Fallen mm-hmm. Order that 
that came out at about the same time as Mandalorian season one and Star Wars episode nine. And I rem- remember that being my favorite Star Wars content from that particular mm-hmm. moment, uh, Fallen Order. Yeah, that's a good game. Yep. It's, I mean, it's like, I think I said Jedi Knight. Now I realize it is Fallen Order. Um, this this story is top tier. And I think it's one of those things where, especially when you're coming off of uh let's just say a very disappointing episode nine. Um, you know, it, it kind of shows that star Wars universe has legs when you give it to the right people. Um, and it's, it's absolutely an amazing universe in certain hands. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm glad, you know, I'm really excited to see where they take the story next. Yeah. And the combat is so good. good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's souls born style stuff. Souls light. I would say that's the other advantage here. It's more accessible than other souls games, (laughs) but has that same flavor. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, And then Amuro best game. Uh, Final fantasy seven rebirth. And I know, I know you guys said like, I'm not picking tears of time because I don't think it's coming out. I'm going to have faith. (laughs) I'm going to be hopeful. Um, I mean, so at this point, like, you know, they, they announced that Crisis Core was coming in winter of 2022. It They landed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that now that the first game is done and they've, they've done Intergrade, which, you know, let them play around with, like, the PS5 architecture or whatever, I think that the weight between games is going to be significantly less than it was for that initial remake, right? So I think they will actually land the 23 2023 winter date um even if that means we have to wait all the way to december uh for it but mm-hmm. um i i really just legitimately can't wait for for seven rebirth like one of my favorite games of all time the original seven i love that universe those characters um i just got the platinum <laughs> on crisis court reunion yeah um so so yeah like without a doubt that's the one i'm most looking forward to yeah and potentially that and 16 this year right yeah and that's that's summer so like i feel like yeah. i feel like 16 for sure is coming out next year <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so uh that has been our best of category and thus concludes our best of podcast for 2022 uh thank you for listening to the podcast anavision.org the site you can go to for all of our socials join us on discord and The next time you hear from us, it'll likely be for the winter anime preview. And it looks like there's quite a few good shows to look forward to and talk about. Uh, So thank you for listening. For Amro and Steve, I'm Jero. We'll see you next time on the Anavision Podcast. Believe it. で出会った